Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5, reminds us that the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. No, on the contrary, they have divine powers to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Jesus Christ. So we want to continue our discussion on a biblical response to heresy, a biblical response to heresy. And as we've said in the previous episodes, uh, heresies are bad teachings. They are bad doctrines. They are bad propositions. They are bad philosophies. Uh, Whatever teaching, whatever argument sets itself up against doctrine or healthy doctrine, that who is doctrine as found in the Greek, whatever goes against the healthy teaching of God's word is heresy. Again, whatever teaching go against the sound doctrine of God's word can be categorized as heresy. And we find heresy all around us. People have different ideas. People have different Uh, thought patterns about life. People um, have different philosophies about God. People have different uh, views about the requirement for salvation. People have different views about daily principles. And the issue is, all of us, I can have my own thoughts about God. I can have my own thoughts about life. I can have my own thoughts about relationships. I can have my own thoughts about identity. I can have my own thoughts about finances. But at the end of the day, my thoughts have to be filtered through the lens of God. We have to test the spirit by the spirit to determine whether or not it's God approved. So my thoughts means nothing if they contradict God's word. I can have thoughts. We are created uh, to have thoughts. God said, come, let us reason together. He welcomes us to talk to him because some things I strongly may believe in may not be good for me. Some things that I hold on as valuable, Jesus is saying you need to give up. Some things that I grew up with, doesn't cross over into my walk with Jesus. So how do I know what's right and what's wrong? How do I know what's appropriate and not appropriate? We have to go to the rule book, which is the Bible. And the Bible is God's message to humanity. The Bible tells us who we are in terms of identity. The Bible tells us our purpose. 
The Bible gives us our parameters. The Bible give us, gives us our guidelines on what I should do as a husband, on what my wife should do as a wife, what my children's role are in this family. The Bible encompasses all of life's issues. And if we follow the Bible, the prescript, the way that we ought to follow it, then we'll find a joyous life. Then we find ourselves uh, having a pleasant time with our maker. Then uh, uh, he's there to commune with us. He's there to inspire us. We find ourselves being joyous. But what happens is, oftentimes the enemy, he's so subtle. He's so uh, crafty. And he's subtle in his approach. He puts thoughts into our mind or he tries to he trying to influence our mind and he tries to tell us that wrong is right and that right is wrong that's what the enemy does this is why so many are confused in our society today we have embraced unrighteousness as if it was righteous we tell lies and then we camouflage it with flowery words But God has asked us to develop this relationship of intimacy with him. And actually, if I may be more forceful, God has commanded us to seek him intimately. Because when we're in communion with God, we're able to determine what the falsehoods are. We're able to stay away from those patterns that destroy people's lives because we know God. And because we know God, we're able to detect when the enemy is on our trail. This is called discernment. So again, we're dealing with heresy, the falsehoods that we ought to stay away from. Now, some of you may be saying to yourself, what's the big deal? Let people believe what they believe. Uh, Let people live in their own truth. Who are we to judge? And all of these questions are questions that the enemy wants us to adopt. And I'm here to share with you all that God sees this as important. That God uh, sees these issues as a matter of life. Because when we don't live in the truth and we live in delusion, when we live in hypocrisy, when we live in falsehood, it destroys Uh, people's lives. Falsehood doesn't bring us joy. Falsehood doesn't bring us into peace. Falsehood doesn't put us on a trajectory for God to say servant well done. Falsehoods destroy lives. Let's get uh, show some examples. Many of you all know about Jim Jones and his uh, religious group Jim Jones claimed to be a Christian. Uh, Jim Jones uh, ultimately started to uh, stray away from healthy teaching of God's word. He ultimately uh, told his congregation that he was Jesus incarnate. Um, He became full of himself, puffed up. He led his people to Guyana. And ultimately, many of you know the story. He forced them to drink tainted uh, Kool-Aid, and um, at least 900 people died. 
This is why it's so important that we stand on the sound doctrine of God's word. Many of those people, uh, if they could have been able to discern through the scripture that this man was a charlatan, this man, uh, what he was teaching was blatantly contradictory to the word of God, they could have avoided this tragedy. If they would have tested the spirit by the spirit, if they would have rightly divided the word of truth, many of them could have avoided this outcome. So when we talk about uh, false uh, teachings, when we talk about heresies, we're talking about uh, people's psychologies, people's thinking, because ideas do have consequences. What people think matters, because ultimately it will come out. So if an individual who's seeking uh, identity in leadership, void of sound doctrine, comes into your life, that individual is a dangerous person. Because whoever they influence, using the rhetoric of of religiosity, using their ability to be articulate, can lead people astray. So it doesn't matter. Paul says whether it's me or an angel from heaven, or any other person preach anything unto you, then that which you have received, let that person be accursed. And that's Galatians, the first chapter. Even Paul says, if I teach something that's contrary to the rest of Scripture, or that you've received before, let me be part of the anathema. So God's word is paramount. God's word is priority. So Jim Jones, 900 people died. And what, oh, what, what a tragedy. What a tragedy. Because this man uh, twisted the scripture for his own benefit. This man perverted God's word for his own benefit. Ideas do have consequences. And then 39 people died in the Heaven's Gate cult of the 1990s. Uh, the leader was Marshall Applewhite. And many of you remember, uh, they were found in bunk beds with tennis shoes on. And according to their doctrine, they were waiting on a spaceship uh, to come and take them up. 39 people died needlessly because this man was preaching a false doctrine. Then at least 75 people died in the Branch Davidian cult led by David Koresh. Seventy-five people, including children, women, died needlessly following this man who also claimed to be Christ. So, false teaching matters. Identifying false teachers are important. And we that are followers of Jesus Christ, we must learn to seek the scriptures first. We must learn to practice hermeneutics, which is the science and art of biblical interpretation, meaning the correct way to interpret the Bible. Many of these uh, religious cult leaders, they mix in a lot of truth with lies. And this is the problem is they're mixing uh, uh, Sinai, spiritual Sinai with the truth. 
And we can't afford to allow um, ourselves to embrace false theologies because ultimately, um, if it's not physical death right where they are in the moment of that time, it could result in your spiritual separation from God, meaning that um, it'll uh, uh, come in between you and you growing closer to Jesus Christ. So that's the problem with heresy. Heresy destroys lives. Heresy is untruth. Heresy is falsehood. Heresy is empty. So we must stand up against heresy. Remember what uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians reminds us of, that we demolish arguments and every uh, pretension that we come up against, we demolish arguments because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. No, 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 no. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So God wants to use you and I to demolish the anti-God sentiments. It is our responsibility. It is our responsibility. It's not just the responsibility of your pastor or your elder or your deacon or your Sunday school teacher or your ministers. It is the responsibility of you and I, every lay person, every Christian, to be ready to give each man an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us, and to do it with gentleness and respect. Just think about your own family. Think about your children. Think about your uncles. Think about your cousins. Think about those people in our families who grew up under a Christian teaching but deviated because they started listening to heretical teachings. So dealing with heresy is vitally important. And in the 21st century, to me, there's nothing more important than knowing true doctrine from heretical doctrine. Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 19, uh, gives us another example of why we need to avoid heresy. And as we get into October, uh, many of you know that that's the day where many people celebrate darkness, and we all call it uh, Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, whatever you want to call it. And it's not just um, something to overlook. It's not just uh, something that's uh, superfluous. It's not just something that's just innocent. Um, you may think it's innocent because all you think about is dressing up and um, having a good time and uh, going trick-or-treating. And I'm here to say uh, we're not against fun. You know, God gives us uh, laughter. God gives us joy. God gives us opportunity to fellowship. God gives us opportunity uh, to have a good time within parameters. But why should we have fun in the name of doing something God told us not to do? There's no way around it. Halloween celebrates darkness. And just because it's culturally accepting, just because you may have grown up with it, doesn't mean we keep embracing it. When will we take a stand for Christ? And maybe you're saying, well, I don't need to take a stand for Christ because there's nothing wrong with it. But if we do our research, 
if truth is important to us, see, this is how it starts. It starts off as, as us thinking it's innocent, then ultimately it leads us to other places, and ultimately we start justifying why certain things are right when God has blatantly told us it's wrong. And if you want to know why you shouldn't celebrate Halloween, read Deuteronomy chapter 18. And let's look at Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 19. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food and drink. So there were people, even in the first century, going around and teaching this heretical doctrine to Christians, uh, saying that uh, even though you're a Christian, because you have a Jewish culture, there's certain food that you ought to stay away from. But the scriptures weren't saying that. The revelation that the apostles received, God wasn't telling them that. They were still trying to put on uh, the cultural um, teachings of the law and trying to put it on Christians. They were trying to still put the burdens that they had under the law on Christians. And so uh, uh, Paul is addressing this issue of uh, religiosity and how Christians who have been liberated from the oppression of man's law, the way that the rabbis had interpreted the, the, the laws and the customs uh, which God hadn't uh, talked about or God hadn't approved, they had created all these laws that God didn't have anything to do with. So in terms of the moral law, we are to keep it. But in terms of some of the cultural laws, God never told them to, uh, uh, to do that under grace. But yet there were some who were still trying to put these bondages on Christians uh, in terms of what they ate. And Paul was trying to convey to them, whatever the Lord has made, you sanctify it, bless it, and you can eat it. So he was saying, don't let them judge you in regards to food. Don't let them judge you in in regards to drink, right? You have to follow the Jewish dietary laws in order to be a Christian. And Paul was saying, no, uh, they don't. Gentiles are not obligated uh, to eat or follow the uh, Jewish dietary laws. That's not what make you more spiritual or more righteous. If you want to eat it, uh, eat it. If you don't want to eat it, uh, because you prefer not to eat it, that's fine too. But don't make it seem like it's a theological thing. So Paul is saying, don't let no one act as your judge in regards to food, in regards to drink, or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. And again, here we go. Uh, there are people who are caught up in a, uh, um, astrology saying that if you, uh, uh, if you want to act a certain way, it's because you are this sign, because you're a Sagittarius, you're having a bad day, because you're Aries, you, 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 you're given license to act a certain way. And Paul was saying, no, we're not bounded by people's astrological determinations. We've been free from these superstitious activities. We've been liberated by these man-made fetters. Uh, God has saved us to not be obligated or under bondage to human philosophies. So Paul is teaching something so dynamic 
that only heaven could have endorsed it. We're talking about heresy, bad teachings. As a Christian, don't let people deceive you because of their own experiences or because of their own philosophies. We must test the spirit by the spirit. We must go to the scriptures. And the scriptures are telling us blatantly in Colossians, uh, the second chapter, verse 16 through 19, that there are some teachings that God hasn't endorsed. These are man-made teachings, and we must learn what is truth from fiction. So don't let people put you in bondage over dietary codes as it relates to food and drink or in respect to a festival, right? We must celebrate this. We must celebrate uh, the Day of the Dead. No, we don't. Just because the culture is doing it doesn't mean you have to do it. This is uh, blatantly contradictory to Scripture or New Moon. What is my astrological sign? Or uh, Sabbath day. And there were people saying, oh, uh, you, you, you got to follow the code of the Sabbath. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. People had made the Sabbath their Lord. And even when God was speaking to them, they couldn't hear God because they had made the Sabbath the Lord. And as part of this uh, theology, they had constructed all of these activities that God didn't give them. They gave themselves. It's a sin to move flour from this area to that area if you wanted to cook. Uh, it's a sin to even pick up something small because they determined that as to be part of works. It, it became so ridiculous that uh, 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 th- that's a whole volume of Jewish cultural laws that became a normative, which kept them under bondage. They wouldn't do anything. This is why Jesus was challenging them. He said, if your animal fell into a pit, how many of you would not go in there to uh, uh, pick up that animal because it was the Sabbath. Jesus was trying to prove a point that your uh, teachings about the Sabbath have become so warped that you can't even keep it yourself. So again, heresy um, has consequences. It hurts people. It put people where God doesn't want them to be. So Paul says in Colossians 2 and 18, take care that no one keeps defrauding you of your prize by delighting him in humility. So this is how we respond. We delight in humility and the, uh, 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 and the worship of the, and worship of the angel. So don't let people deceive you, right? By saying you have to worship angels because Christ is supreme. Uh, the, the, there was this movement when Paul wrote Colossians, there was this movement of people talking about the place of angels and the worshiping of angels. And Paul is saying, no, Jesus is supreme. Jesus is the firstborn uh, of all creation, meaning that he's the general of all creation. So when we follow Jesus and his words, it's more than sufficient. We don't have to go finding our identity in political organizations. We don't have to find our identity in civic groups. We found our identity first in Christ. And if God sends you into the community to participate and minister to other people uh, in your groups, then great. But don't forget, Jesus is all sufficient. Well, our time has come to a close. We'll continue this topic next week. We pray that it's been a blessing. For those of you praying for us, we thank you 
for your prayers. And for those of you who listen to us, please consider giving. And remember to do for the truth what others do for a lie. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com. Dot com.